All right, we are in uh, we are in week four of a ser- of a series that we've been part doing all month long about God's presence. And so uh, the first week we talked about the peace of God and we looked at Psalm 23 and we talked about the reality that he is our shepherd and that he wants us, desires us, makes us walk in peace. He wants us to walk in peace. He doesn't want the little things in life to distract us. Uh, The enemy wants to throw the little simple things into our way that cause us to get distracted and take our eyes off Jesus. Uh, Sometimes it's big things, but most times it's just the little things that the enemy wants to give us to destroy and take away our peace. But God wants us to have peace. Uh, The next week we talked about that as a family, as a church, we are a lampstand and we hold the light of Jesus. And we are called to shine that light. We, uh, We hold his presence and God's presence is here among us. And we give glory to that. We worship him and we recognize his presence when we come together. And so if you hear a saying, you know, we want to bless you, Lord, it's because we recognize he is here and we are here to worship him. We are not here singing songs to a God that is far off. He is here among us and we are singing our songs. We are saying our prayers. He is right here with us hearing every part of it. And we want to continue to recognize that. Last week, we talked about the reality and the need to pass his presence on to the next generation and that we love the next generation, that we are all part of that together. Uh, we are a multi-generational church and there's just something about the older folks. Uh, I, I've always loved seeing the older folks worship. I've always loved seeing younger folks worship and it's important for us to worship together because we're a family and we need all of the parts of the family to worship together. And uh, the cool part is, is that <clears throat> I'm going to worship different than someone older than me. Uh, someone younger than me is going to worship different than I worship. And it's just exciting that we get to come together and worship. And we recognize that we're all going to do that differently. As the leadership here, we, we do our best to try to find something that's, well, that's just Holy Spirit led. You know, and that's what we want to do. And it's important that we do this together as a family, multi-generationally. Next week, we're going to look at God's presence in us that lead to our presence in the community. Um, We should be living our lives here. We should be showing Jesus, but it should be more than us just going about our business. It should be about an intentionality of being present in our community to show them Jesus. And so we're going to talk about that next week. Today, we're talking about his presence in each of us um, that leads to a production of fruit through the Holy Spirit in our lives. So really what we're talking about today is our individual walk with Jesus and how much the Holy Spirit resides in here. We're going to talk about the fact that the Holy Spirit's a real person, that we all have him, but he fills us up. And then as a result of that, there should be fruit that comes out. And and I'm going to be honest, if you've known Jesus long, if you spent a lot of time studying or even a little bit of time studying, I don't think I'm going to say anything today that's necessarily revolutionary. But I think it's something that we all need to be reminded of. Reminded of a story that I read one time of, uh, well, just, just an older guy who was driving in his truck just going about his business, doing his thing. Sitting there in the truck with him was his wife. 
And they were driving down the road. They pulled up to a stoplight, and the light was red, and there was a truck in front of them. And the wife looking, and in front in the truck in front of them, there's a younger couple sitting there. And the, the guy is at the wheel, and, and the girl is sitting right next to him. Just right next to him, in the middle of the bench, right next to him. And the wife looks at the couple, and then looks at the husband, looks at the couple, and, and says, why don't we do that? And uh, the husband says, do what? He says, well, look at that couple up there. She's all sitting over next close to him. Why don't we do that? He looks at the couple. He looks at the empty seat. He looks at his wife. Looks back at the couple. Looks back at his wife and says, well, I didn't go anywhere. (laughs) I, I, I don't know what happened in marriage, in their life, that caused her to stay over in that seat and not continue to slide over. And this isn't about you girls or women. This isn't about guys. This isn't about any of that. I'm just saying something eventually, if she used to sit there, something eventually caused her not to sit there anymore and to sit over here. Maybe it was a fight. Maybe it was just easier to get in and out and stay on that side. You know, maybe it was, it was just a quick ride, so it's easier just to get there and get out. I don't, I don't know. But something happened over time where eventually, instead of her sitting right here, now she's sitting right there. Now, they're still in the cab together. They could still talk to each other. But she just wasn't right there anymore. If I imagine myself sitting there and God's driving and I might sometimes say, why don't, why don't we sit like that anymore? God might say, well, I didn't go anywhere. Sometimes we slide a little bit farther away from Jesus and we don't even realize we've done it. Maybe it was a circumstance. Maybe we got into a fight. Maybe we didn't like something the way the Lord did something. Maybe we thought he should have done something this way. And we're still in the cab with him. We're still talking with him. We're just not quite as close as we used to be. I can look back at my life and I can say, man, I had these moments in my life where I'm like, I know, I know I was close to Jesus right there. I know I was close to Jesus. What happened after that? Where I don't know what it was. I just, just wasn't quite as close. And I needed to get to that point where I need to come back around and say, okay, I want to be close. I want to draw near again. It just happens. It just happens sometimes. And something comes along and reminds us, <clears throat> why aren't I sitting next to you anymore? And God says, well, I didn't move. So that's what we want to look at today. We want to look at who the Holy Spirit is. We want to look at who the Holy Spirit is in us and then who we get to be as a result of the Holy Spirit in us. When I, when I was growing up, I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. I wasn't taught about the Holy Spirit. I was really taught about God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. Um, but I didn't know much about the Holy Spirit. And I would say that when I first even experienced the Holy Spirit, I didn't even know that it was the Holy Spirit I was experiencing. I just thought it was God. It was just God. It wasn't until I got to TFC and started learning more about who the Holy Spirit was. And, and I went to some churches and they shared who they thought the Holy Spirit was. Whew. 
But I'm gonna say this, the Holy Spirit is a real person. Holy Spirit's a real person. Um, well, I'm gonna say this, God the Father is a real person. God the Father's real. And it's sad that I have to say that, but I have to say that. I have to say that. Because we have a world out there that's trying to tell us otherwise. They're trying to tell us otherwise. They're telling us that God isn't real. Or even the God they know isn't God the Father. When we think of God in the Old Testament, he's kind of the main person that we think about in the Old Testament. We think about God the Father, and when we hear God and read God in the Old Testament, we usually, that's who we kind of think who it is. Jesus shows up in there some, if you didn't know that. I remember being in college, my sophomore year of college, all of a sudden my roommate woke me up in the middle of the night, and, I, and he's just excited. And uh, I said, what's going on? And he's like, Jesus is in the Old Testament. And I'm like, Yes, I know. <laughs> you woke me up. I know this. I'm going back to sleep. But he had never seen that before. And he, God revealed that to him. And he was so excited. It was so cool. Holy Spirit's there too. But he's, God the Father is the main person we think about in the Old Testament. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is real. Again, sad that I have to say that, but I do. Jesus is real. Because we have a whole world out there trying to tell us otherwise. The Bible, the Gospels are not just stories about Jesus. It's his story. It's history. It's real. When we read the New Testament, most of what we're talking about there is the real person of Jesus. But we also see the Holy Spirit there. The Holy Spirit is real. The Holy Spirit is real. And again, we say that because there's a world out there trying to tell us otherwise. I, I just caught myself. I'm not going to say that. The Holy Spirit is real and he points us to Jesus. That's what he does. He points us to Jesus. The Holy Spirit's a person. He has emotions. Uh, he is God. Uh, he's a member of the Trinity. It is not Father, Son, and Holy Bible. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he's a member of the Trinity. Uh, in Acts chapter 5, he's called God. Uh, Genesis and other places, he's called the Spirit of God. Hebrews 9.14 says that he's eternal. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God? The Holy Spirit is eternal. He has qualities and attributes as God. He's self-existing. He gives life. Romans chapter 8 talks about that he gives life. And so if he gives life, he's self-sustaining. He, he, he has these attributes of God. He helps us recognize the glory of God or the presence of God. He enables us to call on Jesus. You ever have those moments where you just can't even get the right word when you're praying? Or you can make a sound and that's about it. He takes that sound and he can interpret that and he gives it to Jesus for us. I'm thankful for that because I don't know words like narthex and stuff. I just make them up. He's referred to as a person. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. He witnesses, searches us. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. The Holy Spirit loves. He has a mind. He has intelligence. He can be tested. He can be resisted. The Holy Spirit has a will. Just like us. That's who the Holy Spirit is. He's real. 
And he's a person. And he has all these emotions and all these attributes just like we do. This is what's cool. If you know Jesus is your Savior, then the Holy Spirit, second thing, the Holy Spirit is present in us. He's present in all believers. He's there. He comes into us. Uh, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn to Romans chapter 8. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Uh, let's see. I'm going to read in verse 5. I'm going to start in verse 5 and read. We'll see where we stop. Romans chapter 8 verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. We're back to peace, God's peace. God wants us to have peace. If we're governed by the Spirit, then he has for us life and peace. If we are governed by the flesh, then I would say in contrary then, we don't have life and peace. So if you don't have peace, then you need to ask that question, am I governed by the Spirit? Verse 7. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. So if we have Jesus, we have the Spirit living in us. Verse 12, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, the spirit, you, but if, if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Holy Spirit is present in us if we know Jesus is our Savior. He speaks for us. He guides us. He fills us. 1 Corinthians 3.16 do you not know that yourself, you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? The Holy Spirit is here. Now the reality is, is we have the spirit. Every Christian has the indwelling of the spirit, but it doesn't necessarily mean we are filled with spirit or by the spirit. And Jesus tells us, Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter five, don't be drunk on wine, but what? Be filled be filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, how in the world does that work? How does that work? I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, how in the world does that work? I don't know. And then I think about when I pour a glass of milk for my daughter, and it doesn't, you know, and I, I pour it, and there's this much left in the top. You know, it's that much milk, and there's this much. And I'm like, well, that's a full glass. And she goes, no, it's not. I, well, you didn't fill it all the way up. I have to fill it all the way up. In my mind, it's full. She's like, it's not full. I want more. 
I think about, I, I think guys are, I don't want to say better at this. Maybe it's worse at this um, than, than ladies. I, I'm not saying ladies don't do this, but guys definitely do it. And then even there, it might just be personalities sometimes too. But I don't, I don't want to say we're good at compartmentalizing. <laughs> we're bad because we compartmentalize. You, you know what I'm saying? We compartmentalize our lives. Sometimes we can say, well, you know, well, this part of my life is there and, and it doesn't affect this part of my life. And so I, I can live my life here, but this part, I'm just going to shut the door and I'm not going to let it affect this part of my life. But if I'm going to go over here, I'm going to go in this door, I'm going to hang out here and I'm going to do what I do here. And then when I'm done with this, I'm going to close this door and I'm going to come back over here. You know what I'm saying? I think guys do this a little bit more than ladies. Ladies tend to float. They have more open concept house. Uh, guys, we have more rooms. <clears throat> I think sometimes we have the Holy Spirit. We know the Holy Spirit is in us. We have, but sometimes we have that room that we say, yeah, hey, Holy Spirit, don't go in there. You're good here, but that's my room. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes at one point, maybe we were filled. Maybe at one point that door was open and this was, and the Spirit filled all of it, but something happened. And we didn't slide all the way over on the bench that day. We kind of stayed over on the right side. And we closed that door and said, this is our area. God wants us to know that we are filled. God wants us to be filled. See, being filled is not about something we do for ourselves, but rather it's what Christ does for us. Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. We were the far off. The Holy Spirit, he wants us today to have the Holy Spirit. For all whom the Lord our God will call. That's Acts chapter 2, 38 and 39. Galatians 3, 2 and 3 says, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? We received the Holy Spirit because we believed in Jesus. We believed what we heard. We believed in Jesus and we received the Holy Spirit. He goes on, Paul goes on to say there in Galatians 3, Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? That means we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit and we might start doing something the Holy Spirit gives us, but somewhere in there we say, Hey, Holy Spirit, I'm not going to do it the way you're doing it. I'm going to do it my way in the flesh. How are we supposed to do this? That means somewhere in there, we're no longer full and doing it in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We're doing it in our own strength. So we might have the Holy Spirit, but are we filled with the Holy Spirit? Have we surrendered ourselves? Have we asked the Lord to fill every room? Or do we continue to compartmentalize? And, but this is my area. You know, sometimes I get tired, and when I get tired, I tend to get a little bit more uh, irritable. <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? 
Maybe it's because we're trying to do it in the flesh instead of doing it in the spirit. Because if we were doing it in the spirit, wouldn't then we become more loving in those moments? Because in, his, in our weakness, he is strong, right? If we are filled by the spirit and not trying to do it in the flesh, then I would say when we're tired, we become more loving. But if we're doing it in the flesh, maybe that's why we're becoming more irritable. When I was 17 years old, we moved from uh, North Carolina to Atlanta. Uh, my dad uh, was kind of taking a new position there with the Army. And, uh, and so we moved from North Carolina to Atlanta. And then he spent most of the year in D.C. Um, <clears throat> I never understood why we moved from North Carolina to Atlanta so he could spend more time in D.C. Uh, to me, the trip was shorter. Uh, but that's what God did. And uh, I, I now know why, because there are a number of instances that God revealed as I got older of what was going on. And so God had a reason. And as I got older and was able to see the picture from a larger perspective, I'm thankful for what God did. Uh, but I wasn't happy about it. I didn't enjoy going to a new school my senior year. And uh, with, with nobody, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody. And I reached a point about halfway through my senior year where I said, that's it. God, I don't want to be here anymore. I just want to be with you. And if I hadn't had a couple friends come through the door at the right time that particular Friday night, um, I may not be standing here today. But God sent people the perfect timing. They hung out with me that night. I settled down. My dad was gone. My mom worked nights, so she wasn't around. Um, she was working. And so they hung out. I finally settled down, said I was okay. They left. I, I fell asleep. I woke up the next morning and, um, here we go. Uh, I woke up the next morning and grabbed one of my cassette tapes. Because that's what we had to listen to back then was cassette tapes. And a certain one that was of the world that was... Uh, that told me a bunch of lies that I was listening to quite a bit. Not a good tape. Not a good, not a good album. Actually, it was a really good musically album, but the lyrics were not uh, honoring to Jesus. And uh, there were lies from the enemies. And uh, I woke up. I went to put that tape in, but I couldn't find it. And I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know if my friends grabbed it. I, I don't know what happened. But it wasn't there, and so I grabbed the next available tape and threw it in. And that tape was um, Mike W. Smith, a uh, big picture album. And it was right at the beginning of a song on that album called The Last Letter. And the lyrics started with, you're sitting at the age of 17 thinking about ending it all. But I got to tell you, there's a better way, and it's Jesus. What a coincidence. <laughs> no, God knew exactly what he was doing. God made that tape be the next tape. God had it at that song for a reason. And in that moment, I said, okay, God, that's it. I am all yours. I am all yours. I was already planning to go to TFC at that point, except I was going to go and I was going to be a high school math teacher and coach soccer and baseball. That was what I wanted to do. And uh, within just days of that moment, I had surrendered and God called me into full-time ministry. And 
But in that moment, the Holy Spirit came in and just filled me. I didn't know who the Holy Spirit was. I just know it was God. I knew it was God in that moment. I said, that's it. Lord, I accepted you as my Savior when I was eight. Today, you are my Lord. Come in, clean out every room. I surrender. And he filled me. He filled me. Now, I was a new person. I was a new creation. I was brand new, filled up in him. But I was still Brian. I was still the punk, I mean, I was still the 17-year-old young man that I was. And God set me apart and God filled me, but I still had that road of sanctification to go that he led me on, okay? That I'm still on. But he did something that day that I had never experienced since. And later I found out that I realized that that was that moment that the Holy Spirit filled me. And I know it because there were things that changed. Number three, evidence of the Holy Spirit indwelling us is his fruit. His fruit. Things in my life changed because I began to focus my eyes more on him and his fruit came out in my life. His fruit came out. If you flip over real quick to Galatians chapter 5. Um, verse, verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And verse 19 then goes into all these uh, things that are of the flesh. Eee. There's some things said there that, whoo. If you're involved in these things that are listed there, I'm telling you right now, there's not a life led by the Spirit. And you need to surrender those things. I'm going to say this too. This is not an exhaustive list. So don't read this list and say, I'm not doing any of these things. I'm good. Nobody in here is good. Okay? So don't think that, well, that's not me. Well, that's not me. Yeah, I don't do witchcraft. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm good. Just because it's not mentioned here doesn't mean that you may not still have to repent and surrender. Okay? Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What room do you need to get cleaned out today? What room do you need to get cleaned out? Have you opened up your whole heart and said, Lord, my whole heart is yours. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. 
See, the Holy Spirit's invisible. We don't see him, but we see the effects that the Holy Spirit has. I've heard it likened to the wind. We don't see the wind, but we see the effects of the wind. I want the Holy Spirit to blow blow my life like a hurricane. I want to see the effects of the wind. And I'll tell you this, if you want to be more loving, good, try to be more loving. No, ask for more of the Holy Spirit. Ask for more of the Holy Spirit. If you want more gentleness, if you want more self-control, if you want more goodness, joy, peace, ask for the Holy Spirit. Patience, ask for the Holy Spirit. I I mean, if you want to ask for those things, fine. Ask for more of the Holy Spirit because that includes all of those things. All of those things. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's saying to you today. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus? Is he your savior? Is he just your savior? Do you just want to say, I don't want to go to eternal hell, so he's my savior? Or is he your Lord? Have you surrendered it all? Have you opened every room and said, come in and fill me, Lord? We're going we're to watch a video, and then after the video, Pastor Chris and the worship team is going to come, and we're going to have an invitation. We're going to ask our elders to come forward at the end of the video, and they want to pray for you. If you say, I don't think I've ever been filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to come and pray that for you. If you say, hey, one of those sins that were just listed, uh, yep, I'm there. We want to pray for you. If one of those sins that's in your life that wasn't listed, we still want to pray for you. Come. Lay down. Lay it down. Don't leave today if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. And I'm going to say this. You can go home and do this on your own. Yeah, that's fine. But I'll tell you, it's much better to come forward and be prayed over by your family. Because I'll tell you, the, if, if you're thinking I can go do this at home, the, the enemy's going to do all he can to make sure that doesn't happen. So don't leave today. We'll leave today. Let's let's watch this video together.